0: Um, so like I get friends inside the church and then I have friends that are outside the church. And I think everybody needs to have a healthy mixture of both. You need to have friends that are in the church and then you need to have friends with like, not just like acquaintances, you need to be friends with people that are like, I would never step foot in a church because we can get a little weird sometimes. And you know, diversifying our uh, friend circle helps us be able to relate to um, people that actually need to hear the gospel every once in a while. And it's kind of funny. I think one of the number one limiting factors, and if you've known me for more than, you know, a month, you know that this is one of the things that I'm really passionate about. I think the greatest limit that we experience um, as believers or just as humans is the lies that we believe about ourselves, the lies that we believe about each other. And the lies that we believe about the character and nature of God—that's that's that's the thing that limits us as human beings. That that keeps us from um, achieving everything great that we could in life. And like, how many different families have been destroyed over, you know, a rumor that got spread? You know, like here in this area, like we really have a visceral uh, connection with the whole Hatfield and the McCoy mess. It's like, who started it? I don't know. Well, why are you killing people still? Well, because they started it. I was like, well, goodness. Like, we fall apart because of the lies that we believe about ourselves, about each other, and about God. Um, And the funny thing is, we avoid the truth because we are instinctively trained that the truth doesn't offer us anything good. Have you ever been on a shopping spree? And then you have the opportunity to check your bank account. But it would just be better if you didn't. Because... After, after going to Nashville, like, oh, my bank account's not going to tell me anything that I want to hear. Or after the holidays, you, um, you have a scale in your house. It's just better to not know what that truth is. Or have you ever taken a class, completed the class, your grade's online, but maybe Tomorrow. Maybe let's check it tomorrow. Uh, we avoid the possibility of truth because instinctively we know that, you know, truth probably isn't going to make us feel all warm and fuzzy, but we apply the exact same thing with God. We avoid God's opinion about situations uh, because, oh, when the Holy Spirit shows up, he's going to tell me something, that, like he's going to tell me how, how ugly I am or, you know, how dumb I actually am. I don't know where we picked up that idea of God that he's up there going, ooh, I've got a laundry list of things that I'm angry about, and I'm just passively, aggressively humping through the world. How are you doing today, Lord? Fine. It's like, <laughs> that. we think that the Holy Spirit's trying to bait us into like, okay, let me have it. Tell me how miserable of a wretch I am. He's like, oh, I'm so glad that you brought that up. First off, when you were five, you did this. We think that that's what the Holy Spirit does to us. Um, but I would, I would love to just let our minds like roll back. Every year for Christmas, I watch through uh, Lord of the Rings just because that's my Christmas tradition. So let's go back and imagine that we all live in this amazing kingdom. And this kingdom, just like Sleeping Beauty, has been placed under a dark spell. Some evil sorcerer placed our kingdom under a spell. And all that spell does is constantly remind us of how much you don't measure up. You're not good enough. You're not talented enough. You're not charismatic enough. You're not introverted enough. You're not extroverted enough. You don't memorize enough scripture. You're too fat. You're too short. You're too heavy. You're too this. You're too skinny. You don't look good. You're too pretty. Like this spell is constantly telling us this propaganda of how you are not good enough. And for some reason, our radios and our brains can't ever get out of that. We're constantly hearing all that propaganda about how awful of a human being you are. But all of a sudden, when we run into the actual truth, the truth has the ability to actually break that spell. And hey, Liz, if you can put up that, uh, that John 8 uh, slide, but Jesus is, is talking to a group of people. He's talking to a, a group of Jewish people, and he's saying, like, hey, you are involved in this false version of Judaism. You, you follow all these rules and all these regulations, and that's not Judaism. You've, you've developed this weird version of Judaism. And he's talking uh, these people, like, kind of off a cliff edge of, like, Let's not go that way because if you keep going over the the cliff of religion, you're it's going to wind up pretty nasty at the bottom of it. So once you come over here, where there's actual family, where there's the true religion. So he tells he's telling all this stuff, and then he says, if you hold to my teaching, then you're really my disciples, and then you will know the truth, and the truth is the thing that sets you free. The truth is the thing that breaks that spell off of us. And any time that you are you allow that lie to be confronted with truth, all of a sudden the lie no longer has the ability to, to shape your destiny. So the, the lie that I really think that, that we believe, and I think every age has to like walk through their own personal version of what that dark spell tells us. But one of the chief lies that our, our generation believes is that God's primary concern is that we follow the rules, is that we're rule followers. Well, how many times did you go to church this year? Is it more than you didn't? Okay, well, is it more than last year? How are your fourth quarter numbers on your rule following? How much did you give to the poor? How loud did you sing? Did you sing off-key in worship? How high were your hands? What is the angle of attack of your worship hands? Was it good enough or was it, you know, just kind of mediocre? We think that God is primarily concerned with us doing right things. But the gospel has nothing to do with making bad people into do-gooders. We, we don't see that anywhere in scripture. But instead, the gospel is, imagine a garden that's been cut off of sunlight, that's been cut off of water. All of a sudden there's been a drought that goes through the land and this garden has died. But there are seeds in the ground. Well, what happens if one day someone digs a new well in the middle of that garden. That, there, there's water there, but it's so far below the surface that garden can't experience that water. But some ingenious farmer, some savior to the garden, digs a well deep enough to all of a sudden, pff, water comes out. And then everywhere that water goes, those seeds all of a sudden wake up. You know, and it doesn't even take a whole lot of light. You know, have you ever been in like a dark forest canopy and there's still life Everywhere. You know, like, I can't keep things alive, but God can. Like, if you put a plant in my life, it's destined to die. Like, I feel sorry. I have a plant in my office right now. <sighs> Pray for the plant. Because it's probably not going to fare well under my care. But you just throw seeds out in the ground, and God has the ability to bring life where I bring death. So imagine this This. Water, this river of truth going through the lies that keep this garden dead. Well, what happens if there's like a dam that that water comes up against? The water can't get from one side of the dam to the other side of the dam. So what does water do? Water builds up and it starts adding pressure. And truth in your life will just start building up against lies that you believe about yourself, believe about other people and believe about God. And one day something happens and that damn breaks. There's enough pressure applied to the back of that that all of a sudden truth comes in and it's like, oh my goodness, I had no idea. I've believed this idiot thing about myself for however many years, like, oh, and it's like the light comes on. We call that revelation, that all of a sudden the lights have come on. Like, oh my goodness, you actually are a, a nice human being. I thought you were the antichrist my whole life. And all of a sudden the, the scales have dropped off of my eyes. Well, one day the Holy Spirit is in charge of making sure that truth wins out in our lives. It might happen after we die, but how much better is it for us to give way, to, to let go of the lies that we believe about ourselves, each other, and about God, and let truth have its way here on earth where we get to experience not only ourselves being able to eat from that fruit, but people that that don't have a well in their garden to be able to uh, experience the the truth of that. So imagine that every lie that you believe is like this dam that holds back this life-giving truth. Some dams aren't ready to get, you know, set free. You can tell somebody the truth, but then it's like, I actually like hanging out with you. And it's like, yeah, sure, whatever. And it's like, no, (laughs) I'm serious. I love you. Yeah, maybe. I actually love you. I actually love you. And one day, all of a sudden, you start having this, maybe, maybe I am loved. And that's all the crack that the Holy Spirit needs to erode that entire dam. All of that to lead up to what I actually want to talk about today is that the lie that we experience a lot of the time is that God actually doesn't love you. Or he loves you, but it's such a weird version of love of like, I love you, come here and get your beating. Because if I don't beat you enough, you're gonna go out here and you're gonna make bad decisions. But if you come over here and you submit to my beating, ooh. Now, that's a gross over-exaggeration of what we actually say. What we actually say, and I saw it today, man, you're really stepping on my toes or I read this verse and man, God just hit me upside the head with this. And it's like, is that what he does? Does he hit you upside the head? Does he take a belt of love across you to beat the badness out of you? No, that's not what he does. He sits over there in the corner and like, hey, I love you. Hey, I love you. I love you. Just as you are, not as you should be, I love you. Not some future distant idea of what possibly you might become one day. He loves you. And not only does he love you, he loved you when you were a dead crusty garden that didn't have any life in you. He loved you just as you were. If you never changed into this beautiful uh, garden that you see before you today, he would love you just the same. He loves you as you are, not as you should be. But it's hard for us to believe that. And I'm telling you, this is the foundation of the gospel. If we don't get the fact that we are loved, not as we should be, but as we are, not only by God, but also the people in this room, every time that we communicate the gospel to somebody outside in the world that their life's falling apart, it's fake. Hey, God loves you. It's like, well, you don't really believe that. And all of a sudden, when we start trying to minister out of a dead garden, when I don't actually have this revelation of love, I start just lying to you, like God loves you, kind of. But there's no life in that. But if I have a revelation, of I am loved. And not only am I loved, I am lovable. People aren't just lying to me when they say that they love me. If I have a revelation of that, all of a sudden, all this stuff opens up in my heart. So I want to practice a little bit. I want us to repeat this. Scary, I know. Whew. All the introverts in the room just looked, oh my gosh. You can say it quietly. You can say it quietly. But I want you to repeat after me I am loved. I am loved. And I am lovable. Yeah. yeah was, how about I am loved. I am loved. And I'm lovable. What happens if we, we start believing that? I, as I am, pit stain, not a completely full beard, whatever this mess is. Have you ever like said something really weird in a social situation and you're like, oh my God, why did you say that? You're an idiot. That That person that's standing in front of God. What happens if I actually started to believe one day that I am loved? Not as I should be, but as I am. And not only am I loved, I am worthy of that love. Did you say that after me? I am loved. loved. And I I am lovable. Psalm 139. Oh Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything that there is about me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm in a far distant country. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home and you know everything that I do. You see me when I'm away on work in some city that no one knows me. And you see me when I'm at home alone. And you know everything that I do you know every word that I'm going to say before it even enters my mouth. Every time that I've been cut off in traffic, every time that I've been taken advantage of, you know all the words that I was going to say before they even came out of my mouth. You go before me and you follow me. That the all-seeing eye of the Holy Spirit knows exactly where you were last night Knows exactly where you were last week, last year, last decade. Knows exactly where you were. Yet you place your hand of blessing on my head. The psalmist says, such knowledge is too wonderful to me. How great for me to understand How precious are your thoughts about me, O God? They can't be numbered. If I were to start counting the precious thoughts that the Holy Spirit has about you, they would outnumber the grains of sand on the shore even though that he saw you when you were away for work even though that he saw you when you're at home alone even though that he heard every word that you were ever going to say to anybody yet he still chooses to place his hand of blessing on your head he gives to you the entire kingdom and he doesn't second guess himself he doesn't say man i wonder how many years it's going to take for them to mess this all up again Such knowledge is too wonderful to be. I can't wrap my mind around the fact that God knows who I am, what I've done, what I've thought, what I've contemplated doing, and he still chooses to bless me abundantly. If we ever started catching a revelation of the fact that the Father loves you, even you, not as you should be, but as you are, regardless of if you ever had a father that showed you that kind of love, regardless of if you ever had a mother that showed you that love, regardless of the fact that if you never had any friends that ever were nice to you in junior high and high school, you are loved and you are worthy of that love, that when the Holy Spirit got a hold of you, he felt like he won out in that deal. The Holy Spirit is bragging to the angels of the universe who also know what we've done going, did you see that deal I got? He bankrupted heaven to get you and he feels like he won in that deal. He traded the life of his son for you and he goes, best deal I ever made. Could you imagine if we compared the Holy Spirit's thoughts about you, about me, to what you tell yourself in the mirror? Are you loved for what you can do for him? Is he impressed with how hard you work? Is he impressed with your bank account? Has <laughs> the Holy Spirit, the God of the universe, ever looked into your checking account and went, oh man, Impressive. Is he impressed with your car or your truck? That seems dumb, doesn't it? That's what high schooler guys do. Like, I got a big old loud truck, yeah. Take me to prom. I'm not, I'm not impressed with that truck. The Holy Spirit's not impressed with that car. The Holy Spirit's not impressed with that bank account. Do you think the Holy Spirit is impressed with your sex appeal? That if you're really charismatic and real suave and real cool and real sexy, that the Holy Spirit's like, man. I need to put them in a position of leadership because look how good they look. But how, how much time do we spend on our, ourselves? And we, we short-circuit ourselves from our destiny because we don't look the part. Have you ever told a joke and felt like the, that the Lord was like, man, I'll make more of you? No, he's not impressed with our humor. He loves you for who you are not who you're trying to be, not who you're painting this mask wanting other people to believe about you, not the fake version of you. He loves you, not as you should be, but as you are. If I ever finally start waking up to the revelation that I am loved, not as I should be, but as I am, I then no longer have to manipulate my version that I give to you. I don't have to steal from you in order to add to my bank account. I don't have to put you down in order to lift me up. I don't have to manipulate our conversation so that you will like me better. I'm secure that I'm loved. I don't have to distance myself from you in order to protect myself from being found out. Oh, if they really find out like how I actually am, oh, man. I've got people that run away from me now when they don't know who I am. How, how much worse is it going to be if you actually found out how dorky I am? Whew. Can't let anybody know the truth about me. How you doing? Great. How are you doing? How are you doing today? Blessed. Highly favored. Keep you away. I'll say whatever religious words that I I can in order to dis. I'm a great Christian. How many Bible verses did you you like read this year? All of them. Fifteen times. Stay away. Every sin that exists, not only in your chair, not only in your car, in this room, or out in the world, is just a natural product of someone that doesn't know that they're loved. Every thief that ever stole something didn't know that they were loved. Every person that has had a hard time not being intimate with everybody that they ever see, they're just doing that because they don't feel loved. They're not just some cheap harlot, they don't know that they're loved. Every drug addict that's ever walked into our life doesn't know that they're loved. Every crackhead that's stealing food stamps from somebody else in order so that they can get a fix. Their kids are starving to death, but they got their fix. Every person that's ever done that doesn't know that they're loved. Every person that's ever committed murder doesn't know that they're loved. Every kidnapper, every person that's ever kidnapped a child does not know that they're loved. It's not that they're bad people. They've got, they're living under this dark spell. And we have the ability, thank God, to walk into our community and say, baby, darling, you are loved. Not as you should be, but as you are. You don't have to change to make me like you any better. I love you. Not as you should be, but as you are. All of a sudden, if we let that truth start piling up behind the dam of that lie, one day that truth will overflow and break through that dam and all of a sudden, wait a second, I'm loved? Yes, I love you. Do you know how many people walk through our church and then leave and not feel loved? And we, we love well. We're a great loving church. Like I, I heard it a couple of times today, how well we love other people. But still people walk through our doors. They're, they're held bound by the spell that they're under you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you drink too much, you don't drink enough, you smoke too much, you don't smoke enough, your kids are messed up, everybody knows everything about what you've done in your past. They tra- they're they trapped under this spell, but we have the ability, not only to people that never have gone to church, but people that you're sitting next to right now, they're hearing the effects of that spell today, right now. The person that you're bumping shoulders with, the person that their breath might not smell that great, the person that they smell great, Whatever you're bumping shoulders with, that person is living under a lie of that voice of, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough. Everybody knows your secret. If they ever find out about who you actually are, no one will ever talk to you again. So we have the ability to turn to our neighbor and say, baby, darling, I love you. Please don't ever walk into this room and walk out of it not knowing that somebody here loves you. Sometimes we get annoyed with each other, you know, I get annoyed with people. I promise you, you get annoyed with me. If you get around me long enough, you will find something about my personality that will annoy you. But I love you anyways. You'll love me anyways. We have the opportunity this year as we're focusing on outreach, as we're focusing on our community, we've got a group of people that don't know that they're loved. Please let's spend some time over this next week. Do you know that you're loved? Actually, not not the fake version of you, you. Do you know that you're loved? Not as you should be, but as you are. Have you let the the water of that truth go through every dead part of your life? And the answer is no, you haven't. Anytime that we walk outside of love, anytime I react out of anger or I turn to the dark side to get some kind of power that lets me know that there's an area of my life. Oh, I don't know that I'm loved. Every time I've ever told a lie, every time I've stolen something, oh, oh, there's an area here that I don't know that I'm loved. So the takeaway that I want you to get from today, you're loved. And if you have to hear it 147 more times before you start even hinting that you believe it, I'm good. I'll still be here. If you need to hear it another hundred times, I will still be here a hundred times from now to let you know you're loved. I don't care what voice you're hearing in your head. I don't care what lie you've told the mirror. Baby, darling, you are loved. Not as you should be, but as you are. So the homework that I want you to pick up from today, just spend a moment. If you can get in your car, if you live by yourself, great. And if you don't, like there's always the bathroom. Say you have some like gastrointestinal issues and spend some time alone and start asking yourself, do I actually feel loved? Do I know that I'm loved? Not like I've heard that I'm loved. Do I know that I'm loved? And if there is an area of your life, which there is, that you don't know that you're loved in this area, I want you to have a conversation. So this is your homework. Figure out what part of your life that you don't feel loved Have a conversation with the Lord and have a conversation with a really good friend about why you don't feel loved in that area. Call the spell out for what it is. I'm feeling that I'm not lovable in this area and let your friends come around you and go, yeah, you're a weirdo in this area. Why? Because my father never told me that he loved me. Oh, I'd be messed up too. Your father loves you. And if your father was the Antichrist, who cares? You've got a new father who loves you. I don't care how many times you've struck out in Little League, when he shows up, he shows up not to criticize your uh, football skills. He shows up to say, that's my boy, way to go, proud of you. I don't care if you hit any note even close to being right in the you know, Christmas concert, that's my boy in whom I am well pleased. Way to go, son. Way to go, girl. Sweet baby darling, you are lovable and you are loved. And if we will take a moment and let that truth get into our hearts, I promise you 2020 is going to be a brand new year, brand new century, brand new decade, brand new whatever. It can all start afresh today. So let's go ahead and stand up. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, we are confronted with truth, but we don't have the ability to to add power to that truth. But instead, Holy Spirit, we open up our hearts, we open up our minds, we open up our ears to you today. Holy Spirit, we have believed lies that we are not lovable and that you don't love us or your version of love is so manipulated that it causes harm instead of healing. Father, we have been taken advantage of by leaders in our lives, by fathers, mothers, uh, pastors, teachers that have told us, that have communicated to us that we would be more lovable if we performed a little bit better, if we were a little bit prettier, if we lost a little bit of weight, if we gained a little bit of weight. We've been taken advantage of by people. So Father, we ask that you would come and rescue us today, God. The lie that the enemy has told us that we are not lovable, God, I pray that you would break through that dam and let that water flow over every area of our life, God that I am loved and I am lovable. Lord, that next year would be brand new, that I would leave all the lies that I believe about myself in 2019 and we wanna wake up to a brand new decade, brand new year, brand new day, brand new hour, brand new minute, that I am loved and I am lovable. But Holy Spirit, we need you to speak that to our hearts. It's in our heads right now. Holy Spirit, that you would give us a revelation. Break that information down into our hearts and let truth set us free. That we no longer live in the darkness of night, but we walk into the brand new day. We bless you in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, you are loved and you are lovable, all right? Also, we've got snacks. It's not January 1st yet. We still don't care about calories. Eat the snacks while we can because we might have carrot sticks uh, in the beginning of January. So I love y'all. Have a great week.